Hey guys! Welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra, and for this episode, it's going to be all about Japanese etiquette. You know, the unspoken rules of how to go about your day in the country. Every country has their own set of unspoken customs and rules, and it's undeniable that there are just some things you can do in one part of the world which are considered taboo in another. You know how the tipping culture in the States is mandatory? Well, in Japan, it's the opposite. Tipping is a definite no-no and is even sometimes considered insulting. That's just one example of the many customs the land of the rising sun has that are drastically different from the rest of the world. Manners make the people, and the people make the country. The Japanese is famously known for their politeness and we have their highly valued customs to thank for that. Just like plenty of the other aspects of the culture, Japanese etiquette is a huge subject to cover in 20 minutes, so we'll summarize it to four sections today. Speech, business, dining, and daily. With each section, we'll look at two do's and two don'ts, along with various common situations that you might encounter, whether you're on a holiday trip or living your new life in Japan. Make sure to note all these down so you'll be a picture of politeness the next time you find yourself in a social situation in Japan. Let's get right into the most significant category of etiquette in the Japanese culture, speech. How you speak to others is pretty important in any country, and when it comes to Japan, they take it to a whole new level. It's something you'll encounter literally every day, whether it's replying to a cashier or conversing with your co-worker. It's a recurring theme in any scenario, from business to everyday situations, with strangers and close company alike that everyone in Japan has to master. Rule number one, do be humble. One of the most important rules of Japanese speech etiquette is to be humble. There is a famous Japanese proverb that goes, Minoru hodo kobe o tareru kana, which translates to, the bow that bears the most hangs lowest. It basically means that the more successful you become, the more humble you should be. Take one of Japan's leaders as an example. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe lowered himself by kneeling when he met with the Kumamoto earthquake victims in 2016 showing his humility. Your personality, or seikaku in Japanese, can be judged by how humble you are in your speech. The most common scenario is when one succeeds in something, like getting a promotion at work. If your colleague starts boasting about his achievements instead of keeping it cool and on the down low, they'll be known for having a warui, to mean bad, personality. Someone with a good, or i in Japanese, personality is one who denies or rejects compliments instead of straight up agreeing to them right away. If you're meeting a friend and they praise your appearance, you ought to politely deny it with a sonna koto nai desu, which means that's not true, or ie ie, which translates to no, no. I mean, you could say arigato to thank them for their compliment, at least I do anyway, but it's just customary to deny it at first before eventually accepting it. Rule number two, do use the proper form of politeness. Another crucial speech rule, and never forget this one, is to use the proper form of politeness. Formality is taken extremely seriously in Japanese culture. How you talk with your friends or siblings is drastically different from how you talk with elderly people and superiors. Don't think it only boils down to age, it's all about hierarchy. Talking to a friend casually is normal and acceptable, whether it's in English or Japanese. You can joke around with your pal and call them names without anyone taking offense, unless your buddy's extremely sensitive like me and will break down in a mere sound of stupid. Maybe in some cultures, speaking to your grandparents casually is no big deal, 
but that's social suicide in Japan. You're expected to speak in the respectful form of the Japanese language. Keigo. You might think it's not worth knowing the polite form of Japanese language if you're learning the language to have casual conversations. But even the konbini, convenience store in Japanese, staff will talk to you in Keigo, and you'll want to know what they're actually saying before paying. He could say, I'm charging an extra 20%, and you wouldn't even know. Anyway, it's actually simple to switch from a casual sentence to Keigo form. To say hello casually in Japanese is, Ohayo, but attach the polite form, gozaimasu, at the end to make, Ohayo gozaimasu, and you get the Keigo form. There are different levels of Keigo, and that's a whole other can of worms. But simply put, a gozaimasu at the end is basically the highest form you're likely to ever need. Rule number three, don't be too direct. When I ask a question, I would prefer a direct answer than a beat around the bush one, but not the Japanese. They would rather leave things up for interpretation than give you a straight up reply. I once asked an old lady her name and she said it was too direct of a question, even something so simple and commonplace. And that's the rule here, don't be too direct. Say a co-worker invites you out for a drink after work but you don't particularly want to go, perhaps because you don't really like them. Times like these, you'll be glad for the Japanese custom of indirectness to save yourself from awkward bluntness. A simple chotto does the trick of rejecting an offer politely. While the word translates to a little bit, in this context, it implies that time is a bit tight or it's a bit difficult to do that. Or you can put it in a sentence. Yoji ga aru kara chotto. I have some things to do, so... While it doesn't give a direct answer, the Japanese would get the message. It's all about reading the atmosphere, or in Japanese, kuki yomeru, kuki to mean air or atmosphere, and yomeru comes from yomu, which means to read. Rule number four, don't stare during conversations. The last rule for Japanese speech etiquette is to not stare when you're having a conversation with another. I know, I know, making eye contact when you're talking to someone is only natural, but making eye contact for too long is considered rude in Japan. If a child looks directly back at their parents for a prolonged period of time, the parents will feel disrespected. So, if making eye contact is not the way to show you're listening, what is? The answer is nodding. Yep. Nod the whole conversation away, whether you understand it or not, and make sure to glance around from time to time to avoid direct gaze. You can even respond with eh as a reaction when you're slightly surprised. Actually, there are a couple of ways to use this, and you can check out the Nihongo Master blog to read up on them. If you're skeptical on how to correctly use that reaction, go with so desu ka instead, which means is that so? Or go for the classic hi. It of course means yes, but it also acts as a sign that you're paying attention. If you don't understand what they're trying to say, don't interrupt. That's also very rude in Japanese culture. Simply make a mental note, wait till they're done, and then ask about it afterwards. If by the end of this section you're wondering what's the point of having all these rules, the main idea is to maintain wa, the Japanese cultural concept of harmony. Prioritizing peace and unity over personal interests and emotions is the name of the game. Whether that sounds like a beautiful thing or a whole lot of frustration, I'll leave it up to you. Anyway, here's a rundown of the vocab from the Japanese speech etiquette. Seikaku, personality. Keigo, 
Honorific language. Yoji ga aru kara, chotto. I have some things to do, so... The word yoji in this phrase translates to errands. You'll hear chotto used in this way in a lot of contexts. For example, if you ask to take a picture in a gallery, the staff might turn you down with sore wa chotto. Kuki yomeru to read the atmosphere. So desu ka? Is that so? If you want to make it more casual, drop the des and combine the rest. Sokka. Wa, the Japanese concept of harmony, but it's also used to refer to anything related to Japan like washoku, Japanese food, and wafuku, Japanese clothing, are just to name a few. Let's move on to the next category of Japanese etiquette, looking at everything business. If you don't know, this island nation is big on business, very visibly so at 7 o'clock every weekday rush hour, when the trains are packed to the brim of Japanese salarymen. Try to avoid that time at all costs. You do not want to be jammed into a train cabin like a canned sardine. Since such a huge chunk of most Japanese people's lives is devoted to their work in office cubicles, there's a similarly huge chunk of cultural etiquette devoted to it too. Rule number one. Do respect the hierarchy. The most important rule you absolutely need to remember is to respect the hierarchy. In any company, that's kaisha in Japanese, there's a chain of command. How you speak to anyone that's above your position should be in the appropriate politeness form. And if you remember, it's keigo. If you recall, I mentioned that hierarchy doesn't necessarily have to do with age. But yes, your grandparents are older and in a higher social status than you. So they have both age and hierarchy boxes ticked. But if you're bucho or head of department is 10 years younger than you, you're still expected to speak to him in an appropriate tone, while he can speak to you more casually. Depending on how high up the chain of command they are, there are different forms of keigo you need to use. You could possibly get away with just the basic polite form. Let's say you want to ask if the bucho is in yet. Sumimasen, bucho wa imasu ka? Excuse me, is the head of department here? But if you want to ask if the shacho, which is the company president, is in, you have to switch to the honorific keigo. The same sentence can be changed to Sumimasen, shacho wa irashimasu ka? Even the simplest question like how was it changes from the polite keigo of do desu ka to the honorific keigo form ikaga desu ka? If you struggle to remember all those formal modifications, then just duck down under your desk whenever your boss walks by. Rule number two, do prepare business cards. This next rule was the first ever thing I learned when I was getting into the fashion industry in Japan, and that's preparing business cards. I won't leave the house without a small stack of cards in hand just in case a business opportunity arises. I don't slide into people's DMs, I slide my meishi, that's business card in Japanese, into their hands. Both hands, to be precise, because it's polite to give and receive a meishi with both hands. See, Japan can be extremely high-tech in a lot of ways, but in reality, the people are pretty old school. For a lot of Japanese folk, there's no such thing as exchanging LinkedIn handles. There needs to be a physical document with all your details on it, which they can file away in their drawers. The meishi is treated as an extension of oneself, so every card is handled with care. 
You can't just fumble around in your bag, pull out a worn-out business card and hand it to someone like that. In Japan, you should make sure you have a crisp and clean one in hand. And like I said, regardless of hierarchy, always give it with both hands. And after you've taken a business card into your hands, don't put it away just yet. You're expected to read the meishi there and then as a sign of respect. And don't just cram it in your back pocket after that, lay it in front of you throughout the meeting. Or kaigi in Japanese. Rule number three, don't call people by their first names. This next business etiquette rule is strictly adhered to in the office, but it isn't limited to just that. In Japanese culture, it's social taboo to call someone by their first name the first time you meet them, but it's social suicide to do that in the office, or jimusho in Japanese. First names are personal to Japanese people, and calling one by their first name gives off a sense of familiarity that's reserved for the inner circle, like family members and close friends. Things tend to be kept quite professional at work, so last names are the way to go. Even if they're the same rank as you, like your colleague, that's doryo in Japanese. And this is where the hierarchy comes into play again. If it's your doryo, just the last name will do. The same rule applies with anyone below in rank, known as your kohai. The people who you can't call by their last names only are people of higher rank than you, like your seniors and superiors, your senpais. In the Japanese language, honorific suffixes act like Mr. and Mrs., a title to show respect to the person you're addressing. Usually, you attach this to your boss's name or anyone of higher rank than you, even though I personally am lucky enough to have chill bosses who let me call them by their first name. So honored. There are a few kinds of honorific suffixes for different use and status, but the most common and important one for work is son. Just like how you'd call your boss Mr. Takahashi, take out the Mr. and add the son at the end. Takahashi-san. It's also completely normal to address your doryo with son too. Rule number four. Don't bring your pride to work. Let's move on to our final Japanese business rule that's just as important as how you address your boss. If you're familiar with the phrase, there's no I in team, this rule is basically that. Always be a team player. I know you want to take credit for that brilliant idea you came up with for that project. But in Japan, you'd best not. Resist the urge. And thank me later. Japanese companies promote collectivism and shun the sort of individualism that you'll find in Western firms. It's all about the team spirit. Go chimu! This mindset is the complete opposite of European or American companies where competitive spirit is a positive thing. In Japan, competition is discouraged. If you're anything like me and you have competitiveness in your blood, it's almost impossible to adjust to the Japanese corporate system. But look on the bright side. If you're not singled out as the best team member, no one is. Because that's just how it is. Everyone's equal. No one's gonna steal your spotlight because there isn't one. So if you're in a presentation, don't say watashi to mean I in Japanese, but watashi tachi, that means we in Japanese. If you go out of your way to let people know how much of an amazing job you did, instead of raising you up on a pedestal, they're actually going to frown down upon you. So if you're thinking about joining a Japanese company, whether it's in Japan itself or a branch in your own country, these few pointers on Japanese business etiquette will definitely get you off on the right foot with your co-workers and boss. You might even be looking at a promotion all the sooner for it. Here's a quick vocab recap from Japanese business etiquette. Kaisha. 
company. Shacho, company president. Bucho, department manager. But it's not the same as section manager. That's kacho. Meishi, business card. Office. Doryo, colleague. Senpai, senior or superior, but can also refer to people who are older in school. Kohai, people who are below in rank, but can also refer to people who are younger in school. Moving on to the next category of Japanese etiquette, dining. I'll bet it was the food of Japan which got a fair few of you interested in the culture in the first place. While ramen and sushi have become dinnertime mainstays around the world, the customs that go along with them were mostly all left behind in Japan. Most of us would never consider eating french fries with chopsticks. But in Japan, it's pretty normal. If your chopstick skills aren't as refined as you'd like, you might want to brush them up before visiting Japan, along with your knowledge of the etiquette to go along with them. Rule number one, do have proper chopstick manners. One of the big-time Japanese dining rules is to know your way around the ins and outs of proper chopstick usage. In Japan, we eat almost everything with hashi, which translates to chopsticks, except for burgers, so please don't attempt that. If you can work a pair of chopsticks, you're about halfway there. You just have to keep in mind the acts that are strict no-goes. Say you're at dinner, or yushoku, with a couple of friends and decide to share a few dishes. Your own pair of chopsticks are considered dirty. So dipping directly into shared dishes and sauces are frowned upon. It's similar with passing food from one pair of chopsticks to another. Instead, use the serving utensils or a separate pair of hashi. Although, if you absolutely can't avoid it, use the back of your personal chopsticks instead. While some groups of friends will overlook that last rule, there is one chopstick custom that is essential. Never stick your chopsticks upwards in a bowl of rice. That's because this is the way rice is offered to the dead, and it also resembles sticks of incense at funerals. Not the most pleasant image to have at the dinner table. Rule number two, do drink up. For all our drinkers out there, listen up. This next one's all about the alcohol etiquette in Japan. Unfortunately, lunchtime drinking isn't really practiced here, but it's made up for in the evenings. Japanese people love a good pint of beer or two, and it's a common sight to see a group of businessmen at an izakaya, or Japanese bar, as soon as it's the end of the workday. Sometimes, your boys might even join in. Don't forget to raise your glass and say, Kampai with everyone else before you start drinking. Translates to, cheers! When in groups, you'll notice that there are big bottles of beer with small glasses to accompany them. Don't panic, the bottles are to be shared around. That's the golden rule. Sharing is caring. Pour a glass for your colleagues and offer to refill. But don't pour one for yourself. Maybe nudge the guy on your left to do the honours? Rule number three. Don't count your change. While this next rule is part of dining etiquette, it's not limited to just that. When you're all done with that delicious meal, it's time to pay up. After settling the bill which you split, that's betsubetsu in Japanese, and the waiter comes back with a tray of change, Try your very best to not count it. I've had my fair share of being cheated out of a few bucks when getting my change back. So for some of us, it's just instinct to start counting before leaving the cash register. However, 
the Japanese people are way too honest to shortchange you. And counting the change right in front of a staff member is like saying you think they're a bit shifty. Slowly but surely, Japan is moving towards a cashless system of payment. But if you insist on paying in cash, or genkin in Japanese, you'll need to remember this rule. Do what I do. Count after you lift the tail, and 99.9% .9 of the time is the right amount of change. Rule number four. Don't hold back your appreciation. Our final piece of Japanese dining etiquette has got to do with showing your appreciation. Don't hold back. For a conservative society, the Japanese aren't afraid to shout out their satisfaction from one end of a restaurant to the other. In my culture, any noise you make while you eat is considered rude. Not in Japan. In fact, it's the opposite. The louder you slip your noodles, the better. I bet some of you right now are wondering why that's so. Isn't it ill-mannered to do that? Well, when you slurp your noodles, you're indirectly letting the chef know you're enjoying the meal. If it goes against some of your personal customs, don't worry, it's not compulsory. You could just say, sama deshita after you've finished. This translates to, thank you for the meal. It's what you can say after any meal. Kind of like saying, itadakimasu, loosely translates to, let's eat, before eating, which is another little piece of politeness. And if you have all these rules down, you're all set to go to a Japanese restaurant without coming across as a total gaijin. When in Japan, munch as the Japanese munch, as they say, am I right? Here's a quick vocab recap for Japanese mealtime etiquette. Yushoku, dinner. The other meals of the day are Choshoku, breakfast, also called asagohan. And Chushoku, lunch, also called Hirogohan. Gohan, cooked rice. But if you want to talk about uncooked rice grains, it's kome. Izakaya, a Japanese bar that not only serves drinks but small dishes as well, like skewers. Kampai, cheers. Betsubetsu, a noun which generally means separate, which when paying at a restaurant indicates you want to split the bill. Genkin, cash. Itadakimasu, let's eat. Thank you for the meal. Last but not least, the final category of Japanese etiquette is daily customs. Everything from commuting to fitting into the overall social order. The first few months after moving to Japan, I got quite a culture shock. Things around here are different, enough to get anyone confused and even overwhelmed. And the worst part of it all is that none of these things are spoken about. They're just unspoken rules that everyone is automatically supposed to know. Where's the manual? Don't let that scare you off, because I'm here to save the day and let you in on all the unspoken rules that I've managed to decode during my time here. Rule number one. Do respect the transport customs. The first one has got to be respecting the transport customs. It took me a bit of getting used to them, because they're basically the opposite of my home country, Singapore. Any food or drinks are not allowed past the ticket gate. But in Japan, there's a vending machine or two at almost every platform. But here's the twist. Even though there are these vending machines, eating and drinking on buses, basu, and trains, densha, aren't encouraged. It's not a strict no, but you'll definitely get a few stares if you start munching on fried chicken, or karage in Japanese, on a train. An even stricter custom is talking on public transport, more specifically, talking on your cell phone, or sumaho in Japanese. In fact, no noise should be coming from your phone. You ought to put it on mana modo, silent mode, 
I've seen people getting off the next stop just to pick up a phone call. It's funny how you can't talk on the phone, but if you're in a group on a train, loud conversations are overlooked. Rule number two, do pay attention to timekeeping. This piece of daily etiquette to abide by is timing. You have to be early to be on time. If you're on time, you're considered late. That's just how it is here. If the Japanese transport system can arrive at every station at the precise time it's supposed to, sometimes even earlier, why can't we? Whether it's to meet a friend or for a business appointment, it's better to be hayai, that's early. You might realize that your Japanese friend is also early, or that your colleagues are in even before you. At any rate, I'd say 10 minutes before the agreed time is the safest bet. If you do find yourself in the unfortunate situation of running late and it can't be helped, shoganai in Japanese, a pretty common saying, apologize for being late as soon as you arrive. The word for late in Japanese is osoku. So to say, I'm sorry for being late in Japanese, it's osokunatte gomenasai. Rule number three, don't show off too much skin. Let's move on to the most everyday topic there is, clothing. In a conservative country like Japan, even the way you dress has to be pretty modest. So try not to show off too much skin. Just like how you have to show humility when speaking, the same sort of mindset applies to how you dress. I'm all for feminism, so I know the first thing that pops to some of your minds is, what? Women should be able to dress however they want. I totally agree. But you should also be aware that this rule applies to both women and men. Even if a party invitation says that the dress code is casual, the Japanese word for that is in katakana, kajuaru. The implied rule is to dress semi-smart, at the very least. That's like a suit and tie for the men and an elegant dress for the women. More formal or formaru than casual, right? And it's not only the skin, it's the colours too. Just like how you don't boast about your promotion and get all the attention, don't wear a striking colour like neon pink if you want to blend into Japanese society. Keep it safe with subtle colours like monochrome or nudes. They're in trend nowadays anyway. Rule number four, don't disrupt the flow. We're on to our final daily etiquette, and that's to not disrupt the flow of everyday systems. Japan is filled with all sorts of systems designed to make everyday life flow in a regimented fashion, so don't be that guy that makes waves in a peaceful ocean. You can literally see the sense of order, like queuing on the correct side of the escalator, the left. Don't cut into a line when waiting to step on the escalator either, or any line for that matter. Japanese people take queuing very seriously, whether it's merely for the elevator or waiting to be the next one to get a seat in a restaurant. For the smokers out there, Japan has a unique system just for you. You can't smoke anywhere and anytime you want. You have to look for designated smoking spots. Oftentimes, they are just marked out with outlines on the floor. If you've heard that some Japanese restaurants allow smoking indoors, that's totally correct, although nowadays it's becoming rarer. Some places allow it. But similar to outdoor smoking spots, most restaurants have a designated smoking area known as kitsuen and a non-smoking area known as kinnen. But from my experience, there's no difference between the two. You can still smell the smoke from the kitsuen. I'm not trying to scare you here, but there are other daily rules that I've left out. If I covered them all, I'd have to be here for hours on end. Not to fret though. The ones I have mentioned are a good starting off point for when you're getting settled in. Now, on to our quick vocab recap for Japanese daily etiquette. Basu. Bus. 
Densha, train. Sumaho, a katakana word for smartphone. A general word for phone is denwa. If you want to say to phone someone, just add suru after it to make denwa suru. Hayai, to be early, but it can also mean fast. Osoku, to be late. And osoku natte komenasai, sorry I'm late. Shoganai, it can't be helped. Kind of like saying selavi. Kajuaru, casual. Formaru, formal. Kitsuen, smoking area. Kinnen, non-smoking area. Phew! We've come to the end of our list of the major do's and don'ts in Japanese etiquette. So now you know how to act in a business environment, the way around a pair of chopsticks, and how to speak without putting your foot in your mouth. As I've mentioned before, Japanese etiquette doesn't just stop here. This is merely the tip of the iceberg. Head over to the Nihongo Master blog if you're interested in reading up on it some more. And if you're keen on picking up more Japanese for yourself, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the official website to learn more about our innovative online learning system. Thank you so much for listening in. Join me next time where I'll be sharing with you another part of Japan's rich culture. Mata ne!